strumpet or not? You're a strumpet today. Today I'm a strumpet? Yeah. Okay. So welcome to Story Strumpets, where we pick a story, read it, talk about what we think works and what we think doesn't work or could be changed or could be improved upon. Amazing. Yeah, I like I'm like I have like a range of three degrees where I'm physically comfortable and like the rest yeah. of it I'm like I'm suffering. Going to the, the gym here and working out in when it's thirty degrees outside, no wonder everyone's dropping dead, you know. <laughs> yeah, so Yeah. I always think of Italy when, you know, yeah. you have this huge siesta in the middle of the day mm-hmm. in places like Spain and southern Italy. Which I still think is... I mean, this is the thing. In Spain, where the heat Mm -hmm. is extreme, there is no way you can go out and work. So people don't. I could live in that heat. I'm usually reluctant to have a glass of wine with lunch because I know I'm going to get sleepy. But in Spain, in the countryside, you know, you have lunch, you have a glass of wine, and then everybody just gets up and they're like, well, I'll see you guys in a couple of hours. (laughs) And then everybody wakes up at around four, at around nine o'clock in the evening, then you start thinking about dinner. And that's when everybody starts going out into the streets and everybody's out with their kids. People who respect the the rhythm of it, I think Mm -hmm. is really lovely. But we found it really, really hard in Sicily because um, you really had to get off the beach at midday and you Mm. would come back later in the evening. And so everyone else would go back and sleep, and my kids aren't in that rhythm at all. And my kids would be melting down by about 10 as everyone's hitting the street again. Yeah, for yeah. like, the stalls would be open in the street, and everyone would be sort of doing the promenade up and down and everything. And I love it. Yeah. But, you know, we couldn't participate in it at all because we'd have to get the kids home. Yeah. I don't know. There's something so appealing about it, but it just doesn't suit. If you've grown up in in a German, you know, rhythm. I suppose that they would get used to it after a while as well if you you lived there for a while, you know? I guess so. It's incredible. I feel that I'm, like, Spanish in the morning and the afternoon, and then I become German by dinner time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to sleep until 10. I'm going to roll out of bed. I'm going to have café con leche. And, you know... Have my little snooze in the afternoon, have my glass of wine with lunch, and then you know, dinner at five six o'clock. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. No. Now it's time for fire oven. We have another guest strumpet today. Sarah. Hi everyone, I'm eating gummy bears. We brought out you shortly. We brought out the gummy bears too soon. VIP treatment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Dumplings, wine, and gummy bears. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Um, yes, yeah, so I am very honored and pleased to be a guest strumpet with you all today. Um, I am a writer. Um, I write fiction and nonfiction. I will be um, reading at the Berlin Writing Prize Anthology Party. Ooh! Which, actually, I don't Indeed know when this are. is coming out. Because... I was going to say, I don't think this will be out yeah. in time for that, right. but... Oh. Um... You can just know that it happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are impressed by the 
by your ceiling. <laughs> what will you be reading? So I actually, speaking of bears, um, the piece that I wrote is an essay and it's about bears and I called it a constellation because it's just a series of facts about bears and together they all sort of make up a bigger story. And does so this mean we'll be able to find it in the anthology? Uh, yes, yes, you will be able to find it in the anthology. And I think also the reason we wanted Sarah to come along to comment on this is because Sarah writes very <coughs> literary pieces, very beautiful, atmospheric, literary pieces. She's considered an expert <laughs> in this area. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it is, it is a love of mine, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, do love, I do love literary prose. And... Today's story is a very literary piece, I feel. Mm. Um... It's The Heat. The Heat by Ravneet Kaur Sandhu. I sit in the house, feeling nothing, touching nothing. A whispering existence in a house people swore they couldn't hear anything from. Would you like some tea? The walls are a burnt yellow, marigolds that hadn't reached maturity yet. No, all I can do is refuse. She sits back in her chair, tapping her fingers on the sofa set. I gawk at the room, so much barer than my own. Pristine shadows of orange fall on the walls. It is sparse. The white of the sofa set breaking the monochrome. My wooden chair has no arms, so I let my arms fall around between my legs. A constant wheezing is coming from some part of the house. This is the sort of house you found in catalogues, primed for new ownership in a flat Riviera, not the house of a middle-aged couple. My husband is in the other room. He doesn't move much, you see. She nods towards the corridor, which ends in front of an aquamarine kitchen. The grey cap hides his eyes. He has fallen asleep in the shade of late afternoon, his red plaid dim without motion. I would have missed him completely if she hadn't pointed him out. Do you feel hot? Oh, God, I can't stand the heat. There is no air conditioner in the room, not even a ceiling fan, but it feels comfortable to me. I think it's okay. She acts as if she doesn't hear, pulling at her tea away from her chest. I could see her freckled skin underneath her shirt. They could be age spots like my BB has on her forehead, or moles like the back of my hands. Moles on palms mean you will get rich one day. Damp spots on her forehead wait to be wiped off. I wonder why people keep moving here. It's too hot. It wasn't supposed to be like this. The weather wasn't supposed to be like this, you understand? Searching eyes scan my face. I nod, sweat gathering underneath my palms. Spiders are walking on my back. I looked out in the window to avoid looking at her face. There were too many windows, like the back of my mother's ancestral home, where windows were constructed as an afterthought to cover the veranda. The sunlight floods like thick syrup. My parents would sit out when the sun changes like this, basking in remembrance of a country I hadn't been to, using words from a language I hardly knew and I would nod learning to acquiesce to an earlier age. My brother is walking towards the house, hesitant steps turning purposeful, arms swinging, hands balled up, knocking on the door. Her neck cricks 
because she turns around so quick. She blocks the door with her foot. I shift so my brother can see me. Hello, miss. Is my sister here? I nod. His eyes are wondering what was going on. My parents wouldn't mind my presence here, secure in the company of an elderly neighbor. I need to make a decision. I'll come later, in about an hour. Nodding at the neighbor, my brother turns back. The sun shines brightly on his white pants, making them sparkle as he walks back. I didn't realize until the door had been closed that she is shaking. Her knees strike against the door repeatedly, knobbed pendulums going nowhere fast. She stares at me until she recognizes me. We could go to your room, if you feel up to it. She mumbles something. What did you say? It's so hot. Why is it so hot? I can hear her husband turning a page in the kitchen, still softly rocking in his chair. I feel protective about this woman. She slowly starts walking towards the stairs, knocking down a book from a corner table. I'm sorry, I don't feel so well. There is a yellow in her face I can only see in the shade. I follow her, sweeping my hand on the white wooden rail. There are no decorations on the wall until we get to her bedroom. There is a small pause in her feet, but she swings around, feeling better already. You don't feel how hot it is? I can't say. Temperature has become irrelevant. My body exists in a vacuum. Shrugging my shoulders, I pretend to brush dirt off my shoes, almost tipping over. She continues in the landing, also painted the same yellow as before. I can see her bedroom from the landing. An animal's head is erected on top of the conjugal bed. I stand on the top stair, refusing to move. Oh, she said after she notices my gaze. That's my husband's. Had to make a compromise. That's the only place in the house it can stay. It has to be the right temperature. It used to be his hobby before marriage. He had to give it up, of course. I won't be letting that in my house. Once I decide that the animal's black eyes were definitely dead, I take a small step. She looks encouragingly to me. My misgivings are amusing enough for her so that she has forgotten her previous discomfiture. We sit on white iron chairs made to look like vines. They look like they belong outside. On the table is a carved marble elephant, the bejeweled daze on his head a confident red. My thighs feel the coldness of iron through the green cushions. I don't know why people come here. I don't know why anyone would like to move up here. The heat, it kills us all. I'm dying. I don't know why either, I say, as if I have an intelligent opinion on the matter. Her hands are still fidgeting, but she makes an effort to smile and then looks out the window again. I peer into the room behind her, marveling at the preciseness of her bedsheets. My parents had a messy bed, blankets wrapped around this leg or the other, the lampshade askew every morning. She has a bed no one seems to sleep in. The property rates are climbing up. We got this house in a postman's salary, and then these doctors started coming in. We can't buy a house here now, no way. She rolls her R's in ways I haven't heard before. Not in school, not with my parents. I nod. She reaches forward for the elephant, but it rolls over and crashes. Oh, do you mind getting that? The back of my neck is warm as I get on my feet to scoop up the shards. 
The trunk lies close to her feet. She moves them daintily for me to pick it up. My face is warming up. I make the motion to leave. You must stay. I don't have enough visitors. My face is set. My fate is set. I will leave no matter how much she pleads. She doesn't say anything else. I watch her going down the stairs. The sun washes her bleached hair out. Years in the States had given her broken, bleached hair. None of the rich brown I was used to. She doesn't look like us. She doesn't have our hooked noses, and anyways, she's too light. If she was one of us, she isn't anymore. The shadows have grown longer. I can finally see how empty this space must look at night. The rocking chair hadn't stopped, even though the kitchen was dark. My brother was waiting for me outside our parents' door. I could tell he hadn't told them where I was. How did it go? I turned back to look at some curtains being ruffled on the first floor. She was letting the sun hit her face. It's hot today, isn't it? He's baffled, but he smiles. Summer's on its way. I know my parents will be excited. Face up, I welcome the heat. I feel warm as I walk through the door. My brother follows. The lady in the yellow room watches. The End what I like about this piece is the fun balance between figuring out like which questions you're supposed to have and then in terms of workshopping it, you know, like which questions can I ask that will help the writer to sort of tighten up what's going on. In terms of what it's about, I get the sense that this is really sort of about place and about placement um, of sort of the self within like a broader context. So it's this sort of attachment to like a place that is no longer in the present moment, but that has sort of shaped their identities in, in one way or another. Isn't, you know, when you're an immigrant mm-hmm. right. and you're born in a different country, if your parents <clears throat> are immigrants and you're mm-hmm. born there, you're considered from that country, but there's also this sense of belonging somewhere else yeah. that feels strange to you anyway. And I felt like this is a thought process of what that means. Mm-hmm. But I also had tons of questions. Some of the questions I want, so for example, with the heat, I feel like the heat is perfect. I have all of these questions about the heat. And yeah, I feel like to have those explained in any way would take away from sort of the magic of it because yeah. it's like all of these different um, possibilities, thinking about them, I get like great joy and it sort of brings a lot into the story for me. Yeah, I really like the the ambiguity and like enigmatic nature of the story. Mm-hmm. But there is also this lack of balance. Some of the clues need to be stronger mm-hmm. yeah. than they are to give me a little bit more of a sense of what kind of direction we're going. Do you have any specific areas that you want more clarity on? I think, yeah, there were a couple of lines that I highlighted specifically about the actual physical space and what was happening. If we look at sort of the, the first line, um, I sit in the house feeling nothing, touching nothing, a whispering existence in a house people swore they couldn't hear anything from. Yeah. Um, that brings up so many questions, and I, I'm not sure that we really get the answers to all of them. I think this is such a good example of how a first line sets the tone for the whole piece, too, because 
the whispering existence and the touching nothing, I thought, oh, maybe this is a ghost mm -hmm. story. Yeah, exactly. Right? And yeah. then mm -hmm. you kind of start to ask these questions about it. But the more I read, the more I thought, no, I don't think one of these characters is ghostly mm -hmm. in any way. I don't think we're talking about apparitions here. So I had to reassess my initial assumptions about the story. Even though it's a beautiful first line and I think it's quite mm -hmm. interesting, you have to be careful what kind of framing you're doing for the mm -hmm. story yeah. and what's to come. Automatically, you're looking for something. You're looking for a clue mm -hmm. of, about what, what the story's going to be about. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of The Others, in a way. Did you guys ever see that movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It has this ghostly feel, mm -hmm. and you think you're going one way, but you're actually going another way. Yeah, I also played with that idea at one time, and I think that's the problem with this piece, is that you have to come up with your own theories and then search to prove or disprove them. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be that much hard work. Yeah, I We mean, need more clues. I don't want to be wondering if I should be wondering. Yes, yes exactly. No. And it's compounded by the idea I have that the author has a very clear idea of what's going on. I was also trying to figure out, like, why is the narrator in the house? Mm -hmm. um, and there's this sort of going back and forth about having a choice or needing to decide how long she's going to be in the house. And also, how old are they? Yes, I because also have this question. at some point, she says, my parents would be fine because I'm mm -hmm. under the care of yeah. an um, an elderly neighbor, secure mm -hmm. in the company of an elderly neighbor. But at another point, I feel like she says middle age. Yes, I also had questions. I had questions about the narrator's age and the questions of the age of the the couple. Yeah. yeah. Because she did say middle aged, but then they seem to be much more elderly in other spots. Yeah. And I thought if if it's the case that they're meant to be sort of older than their years, I would like to see some sort of contrasting evidence of the, the relative youth of them as well. I think, yeah, this was the line. This is sort of, this is the sort of house you found in catalogues primed for new ownership in a flat Rivera, not the house of a middle-aged couple. Mm -hmm. And there, but then you see the husband who doesn't move much. And so mm -hmm. that speaks of illness or elderliness. And also the woman is a bit yellow, a bit out of breath. Mm -hmm. and, and then, yeah, she mentions the elderly neighbors later. And I got this impression of them as much older. And she's wondering whether the freckles are age spots mm -hmm. on her right. hands and stuff like that. Is it moles or freckles mm -hmm. on the moles on the palm? Palms mean you will get rich one day. Yeah, and I really liked that because it kind of linked her to her family and what she was told, but it also links to what kind of person she is, which I it kind of grounded me at at that point, yeah. but it felt lonely and mm -hmm. disjointed from the story at the mm -hmm. same time and I wish that she had more little details like that throughout because right now there's too much atmospheric description but nothing that really talks about who she, who is. she is yeah we don't have any details to yeah. see who she is no yeah. we mm -hmm. don't ever see her or even her brother we see his white trousers mm -hmm. walking away mm -hmm. exactly and then we come back to the woman at the end with this description that I feel others her in some way. We're supposed to ex understand from, from the last few lines, the sun washes her mm -hmm. bleached hair out. Years in the States has given her broken bleached hair. None of the rich brown I was used to. She doesn't look like us. She doesn't have our hooked noses and anyways, she is too light. If she was one of us, she isn't anymore. This is a really critical paragraph mm -hmm. to yeah. what yes. is going on here. This tells us about this idea that 
this woman is from here, yeah. she's mm -hmm. gone away, she's come back, she's not placed here, she's not at home here anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it comes all of a, a rush in this last paragraph. And so that was where I started going, okay, all right, so it's all about family and it's all about... Yeah. So who is this woman? Is she an auntie? Is she, you know... Yeah. If we had more clues about how everyone else looked yeah. earlier, we might start to make those connections a bit stronger. Also, yeah, yeah. I also had, um, speaking of this exact paragraph, I also had this question where, um, so this mention of years in the States, I found it odd to have that sort of specific locator in this otherwise non-specified world. So I feel like... To keep it, I would then want to know where they are now. Because the name of the author seems to me to be Indian, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. because I think of that as a hot place, and the heat mm -hmm. here was conjured very much at the beginning. We lose it a little bit as we go on, but at the beginning the heat and the sweat is there very physically. So I imagined it was India. And then she talked about her parents basking in remembrance of a country I hadn't been to. Mm -hmm. She talks about them speaking a language she hardly knows. Mm -hmm. And all of this was so beautiful that I really wanted to place mm -hmm. it more. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know what language, what country, what heat, whose heat. But wait, did you understand and that that they were remembering the United States or that they right, were remembering this is my question. Yeah. yeah. Like Who's, right. moved, Who's where? moved where? Yeah, yeah, it's not clear. There's there's two things happening there that the parents have lived somewhere else, mm -hmm. but then also that this woman has come back from mm -hmm. somewhere. Yes, it's also um, occurring to me now that it could be rather than um, a sort of homecoming, it could be like the the child of immigrants coming back to the homeland that they had never been to. I feel like that would make sense, except that. I felt like we were drawing some sort of relationship between this couple and her parents. Yeah, I, I agree. But I still don't know if these people are supposed to be strangers or not. Mm -hmm. These are all the kind of questions. Did, that it, I did anyone else it. have this moment where you're like, why are they in the bedroom? What's happening? Oh, definitely. <laughs> when she says, would you like to go to your bedroom yeah. or something? Like it's phrased in quite a right? suggestive mm -hmm. way. And I was like, we could go to your room if you feel up to it. Right. And it seems like an right. odd place in the house to Up go. To it. I didn't see it as like a, like you did, like a sexual thing. I, I for me it was I just one like, Yeah, <laughs> I mean, something which it could I was very surprised well, it could be. It but, could be, yeah. but it also it was I, I saw it more as like a caretaker type mm. of thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. All of these things could be something, and then you would go further down, and something else would happen. Mm -hmm. You know, because right before then, the brother came, and the woman blocked the door with the foot. Yes, with right. her foot. Mm -hmm. So, and she was shaking, um, mm -hmm. and she also at that moment she kind of forgot who she was apparently because she says she looked at me again, and it took a while for her to recognize her. Yes. So that then I thought, oh, maybe she mm -hmm. has. Uh, mm, dementia mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely felt like it could be a job interview mm -hmm. at certain yeah. points. Right. So. Especially when she says, can you clean that up? And I right. thought, oh, she's treating mm -hmm. her a little bit like a maid. And mm -hmm. like you were saying, it's the thing that needs to be tidied up mm -hmm. because there's too many different directions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the best thing to do is over-explain things a lot in a story when mm -hmm. you're in this and then go back and when you edit it, clean it up and take out very mm. specific things. Mm. 
Because I feel, I also get the sense that the author is a little bit scared of dispensing too much information. Mm -hmm. She's yes. withholding a lot because yeah. she's a, she right. wants it to be mysterious. Yeah. Do you, I feel like I do this sometimes where I've written something that's very clear to me and I think it's so over-explained, yeah. but it's, it's not obvious to your readers who are trying to piece everything together and maybe they come from a different cultural background to you. For example, at one point she refers to her bibby. They could be age spots like my bibby, but I don't know what relationship that mm. indicates. I mm -hmm. don't know if that means sister or auntie or, or wife or yeah. grandmother, you know, and it's, it's true not that, you know, and so maybe that's a clue that, that I'm missing completely. Yeah. And I feel like that's something we have to interrogate ourselves about when we write. Yeah. I feel like I, maybe this is where I often differ from other people. Like, I think that it's sort of the reader's obligation sometimes to find answers to these questions. And I feel like, yeah, and this is sort of something that that also happens in my own writing sometimes. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like it's okay to make, it's okay to make a reader work a little bit. I mean, I think it's, you also have to be kind to your reader um, if you want them to you know, be receptive to your work. For me, it's maybe, it's just this, like, the sense that I think, I think that we all have where it's like, we feel that the writer knows and is not telling us. I think that they're actually just afraid of dispensing mm -hmm. too much because they don't want the story to lose this yeah, right. enigmatic mm -hmm. feel to it. I also, you know, one of the most important things that I learned with writing is that to realize that your brain is very unique which is something beautiful to understand you know nobody knows mm -hmm. how you think sometimes we think that the idea that we have is not good enough because somebody else thought of it mm -hmm. as well and but the thing is that everybody's going to approach it differently anyway mm -hmm. because nobody thinks like you all brains think yeah. they're in a very unique way and I think stories often end up being of your, it's a reflection of how you think your weird wonderful insides exactly <laughs> And then in regards to the um, elephant, I just wanted to say that because I loved when the elephant breaks mm -hmm. and the tone of the woman when she says, oh, can you pick that up, is so surreal to me. It's the sort of moment of shift in control or something. The difference between control that comes from like giving an order versus control that comes from like being able to move physically exactly. out of your chair. You need me mm -hmm. <laughs> to, yeah. to move. Mm -hmm. This is such an interesting moment, though, because it's where, for me, the story tipped over into this... Well, it, it was there, anyway, the undertones of mistress and maid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this moment where she says, oh, do you mind getting that in this quite mm -hmm. dismissive way that you wouldn't mm -hmm. do with a guest? As if she feels accustomed to a lifetime of giving orders. Mm -hmm. There was a lot in that moment that I felt was the crux of the story. Yeah. The back of my neck is warm as I get on my feet to scoop up the shards. Is this mm -hmm. warm with a feeling right. of sort of embarrassment mm -hmm. or shame? Yeah. Is she irritated? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think yeah. some more emotion words would help us ground a lot of what the interactions are. I felt it was so beautifully written. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, I can feel all these atmospheric tools yeah. coming mm -hmm. into play yeah. in the descriptions of the colours. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the colours are great. Yeah, you know, like that, that sentence right back in the beginning of 
burnt yellow mm -hmm. marigolds that haven't reached maturity yet yeah and yeah. the pr pristine shadows of orange that mm -hmm. fall on the walls like yeah. all of these things that mm -hmm. set the scene and are so eerie have been done with quite a, a strong degree of mastery mm -hmm. yeah. I feel yeah um, and the sunlight floods like thick syrup mm -hmm. there's some beautiful lines in here that just conjure such a feeling yeah, but it's all feeling exactly at the moment, yeah, and we need right. a bit more story. But I also needed a lot more spatial description mm -hmm. because I didn't get a sense of where they were sitting at the beginning, yeah. and then so quickly getting up. You know, there was no yeah, description right. when the brother rings the doorbell mm -hmm. or knocks yeah, on the I thought, door. I thought the woman was still sitting, but yeah. then she's putting her foot in the door. Yeah. And... so that's also yeah. very yeah. ghostly. Also, you like know? the the sort the the husband who is this sort of weird silent figure, yeah. like. Was he in the hall or was he in the kitchen? Can you see the kitchen through the hall? Like, you know, it's yeah, hard yeah. to figure out the... I did not get a sense. The floor plan, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, of the house. One other note that I have, I guess, crafty-wise, um, I got very confused with the dialogue. This is another thing that I feel writers fear a lot, is dialogue tags. Mm -hmm. is that, yes, get rid of them afterwards when mm -hmm. the story is completely finished and see where you need them or not, but... I, even though it's just two people, I yeah. still had a hard time following mm -hmm. paragraph breaks mm -hmm. as well because yeah. sometimes she says right. something and then the action for the woman. Yeah. yeah, right, which is confusing. Yeah, yeah. so their, their action and their speech should be together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys make of her body existing in a vacuum? Yeah, this was another moment that I had a lot of questions about <laughs> like time travel um, that was the whole thing yeah. of like her future self or... this is why I wonder what this story is about because mm -hmm. these out of body moments make you feel like there's something so significant here yeah, right. and I don't understand yeah. what it is I would say stop. that more needs to be added in more clues and it still needs to be subtle mm -hmm. this is the thing this is yeah, the kind of piece tricky. where we do want to be left Mm -hmm. kind of feeling like we've pieced it together mm -hmm. but right at the moment it's not clear we don't understand the relationships between the people and we need some more hints there we don't understand the relationship between the two families mm -hmm. and how how people are feeling mm -hmm. how would her parents feel about knowing exactly where she is mm -hmm. right now that would be a really yeah. valuable clue what does it mean yeah. if she stays or, right. if she leaves? or if she leaves? Or right, thinking about what might happen if um, things didn't go according to the way that she wants. Mm. Uh, you know, like what would oh, she right. be punished? What would it be? And that would go a long way towards telling the reader how to read it. You know, which sort of version of the story. Right. And yeah, just to emphasize that, like I. I would never say, oh, I want to read a piece and know exactly what happened and have no questions. You know, like no, that's not, that's no. not, yeah, what I want at all. But just to know which questions I should be asking, I think, here. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. And I think in a short story, it's really okay to leave things unanswered and to mm -hmm. be mysterious, but this yeah, is very sure. short. Mm -hmm. There's enough room to expand thematically on it. Mm -hmm. And you still need a feeling of satisfaction in a short story, even yeah. when it's yeah, even when it's ambiguous. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think the heat is a very good tool to mm -hmm. yeah. act as a backbone to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I liked how she ends it, but we need a little bit more support for that heat as well mm -hmm. to understand why the heat is so present mm -hmm. and so invasive yeah. to this person. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I think 
like this question from her brother at the end, how did it go? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We can't answer yeah, that. And I think yeah. it would be great if we could get the reader to a point where they can mentally answer that question mm-hmm. yeah. themselves. Yeah. It's interesting that the, the brother asking how did it go sort of means that he knows what's happening too, you know. So then I'm like yeah. a bit jealous of him in that moment. I'm right. like, what? how did what go? <laughs> I'm jealous of the brother. He knows what's going on and I don't. He does. He knows what's going yeah. on and he's come to check on her. He's yeah. worried about it. Yeah. And right, I feel like there's that's actually a great spot to give us a lot of clues about what's happening yeah. is through the brother's reactions to exactly. um, coming over and then... That's yeah. a great suggestion, that moment where he comes over. Mm-hmm. And he uses the word miss, which puts it's an automatic yeah. distance. What's he feeling? Mm-hmm. He's worried about me. He's mm-hmm. worried I might be upset. You know, mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. that he's come to check on where she is? Or he knows my parents wouldn't be happy with me being here. Yeah. Or, you know, that's mm-hmm. a great tool to let us in a little bit more. And I think she feels... Like those details are coming through when she says things like, I couldn't, I could tell he hadn't told them where I was, for mm-hmm. example. More please. I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have a follow up? <laughs> yeah, I'd love, I'd love to get some answers. So do you, you have any, any final, final notes? Just that, maybe to emphasize on an up note and just say that I yeah really loved the atmospheric stuff and I feel like that gives it so much of this... Yeah, like what you were saying, Sharon, this sort of everyone's got this uniqueness to the story that they tell, even yeah. in, you know, no matter how sort of classic the story itself is. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like that you, you get that in this piece and I love it. You can see that it's very well writ- well thought out and it's very well written. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I just want like a couple of tools to give me more access to that because I can tell there's so much in there. Yeah. yeah. I agree it's really beautiful it's beautifully written I really liked it and the first time I read it I said I would really love to do this story for the podcast yeah because there was so many details in there that gave me this warmth of atmosphere this warmth of feeling it has a lot of potential that's the thing should we end on a note that's just all of us chewing gummy bears yeah Yeah. (laughs) thank you for listening our music and artwork are by the talented Tom or Judy Moore. If you want to submit a story, send it to storystrumpets at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and read our submission guidelines on storystrumpets.wordpress.com. And don't forget to rate us on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. I am the, the woman in the, the story. I'm like, no one told me Berlin would be this hot. <laughs> The heat doesn't bother me. On days when I could see my colleagues suffering this year, I didn't have much of a problem with it. Did you pretend that you were suffering so that they wouldn't feel upset that you weren't suffering? I was like, you think this is hot. I hot. take it as a matter of hot. national pride that I can deal with the heat, so. Well, congratulations. <laughs>